I am your father. This is a Brandon Colby Jacobs from Facebook exclusive. And you'll see why 1984 won't be like 1984. Touche, my nigga. Touche. Enough is enough! I have had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane! Everybody strap in! I'm about to open some fucking windows. Yo, what to do what it is, man. It's your boy, Brandon Kobe Jacobs, and you are listening to the Established 1984 Podcast, man. And on this episode, man, um, I am, um, I'm actually in Japan still right now. But with everything that's been going on in the States, everything I've been observing, everything that I've been seeing, I thought that it was important for me to take some time out and really just do a podcast to kind of talk about some of the issues that I feel like uh, I've been seeing that are a little troubling as it relates to our community, our society as a whole, and and just everything like that. Now, so, um, since I've been in Japan, obviously, Donald Trump took it upon himself to uh, make comments uh, in Alabama uh, while he was on uh, the campaign trail. I think it was for a senator or a representative um, in Alabama trying to get him reelected. Um, and because obviously they want to keep all of those, uh, all of those seats that they can so that that way they can try to push their overall Republican agenda through. So that's the, that's one of the reasons why he's out there. And then also to self-serve his own, uh, ego and whatnot to have people praise him like he's still on the campaign trail. But, um, there's a situation where I think that he probably went off script per the usual with him where he thought that this would just be some good shit to say to kind of play into, you know, the base down there in Alabama. And he makes comments uh, regarding the NFL, just saying that, um, you know, when you love it, if one of these NFL owners, the next time someone kneels and disrespects our flag um, and disrespects America, just says, get that son of a bitch off the field. He's fired. He's fired. And he goes into his little hand gestures of, you're fired, similar to what he did when he was a reality TV show star. Um, from there, that that caused a, a series of events to where uh, members of the NFL community felt like they had to respond. And in doing so, you saw all of the things that you saw for you guys would be yesterday, um, where uh, everyone kneeled in protest to the events that took place. Now, I will say this, that... Um, I think that, I think that the visual of the protests, especially the one in London where, uh, the Ravens and the Jaguars, uh, were kneeling and locked in arms of solidarity is a, a, a strong visual to see. Uh, I commend, uh, those who may have had differing views. Hold on one second, guys. I commend those who may have had differing views, um, as it relates to the protest, uh, to take this as an opportunity to really stand up regardless of whether or not they necessarily initially agreed. And in doing so, provided uh, provided a, a platform for the for the movement in a way that I think had not uh, currently or had not presently been there uh, prior to yesterday. But I, I want to make something abundantly clear about this movement because 
this is where we as black people get get things messed up as it relates to movements, pushing things forward. And this is something that I think we've failed at tremendously um, as a black community over the last maybe 25 years. We fail because we are in an era now to where there are so many educated black people that every black person is so highly educated that they seem to think that they know better than everyone else how to solve the problem so much so that we will undermine any efforts or initiatives just because we think we know better because we're smart too. As opposed to doing what perhaps was done in the 40s, in the 50s, in the 60s, um, where there was this innate ability, which there, there was undermining even then too. So that's not to say that there wasn't undermining being done there too. But we take to our social media platforms, we undermine the the overall the overall themes of a movement that, you know, as opposed to if we poured into the movement, you know, to make the movement better, we decide to try to diminish the movement, diminish its power, its value, negate its uh, validity, all those sorts of things. And in doing so, we lose credibility uh, among those who we need to address issues and concerns that we have. What I mean when I say that is like this Colin Kaepernick situation and what is being protested for. Um, you have a couple of things going on here. You have players that are kneeling. Um, you have players that are kneeling. You have players that are throwing up a fish. You've got players um, that are sitting. You've got a variety of things going on. Um, and all of those things are taking place as far as from a protest perspective. A lack of acknowledgement of the flag is what we'll call it. Different gestures that are a lack of acknowledgement for the flag. Those things are taking place uh, in an effort to uh, to bring light to the disparaging uh, lack of consistency and continuity as it relates to the treatment of black and brown people uh, in America. That's related to how our communities are, are funded. That is related to the unarmed killings. That is related to, uh, to um, how we are policed. It's, it's related to a variety of concerns that I think Colin Kaepernick had um, with uh, within uh, as it relates to the black community and how we are treated, but it but it reaches itself to black and brown people because we as minorities tend to deal with a lot of the similar issues. Um, a lot of people are now protesting the NFL by not watching football until Colin Kaepernick is employed. And I think that that isn't necessarily what Colin was looking for. That's not necessarily a bad protest. And I'm not here to tell anybody whether or not they should or shouldn't watch the NFL. Um, we all have our own reasons why we are or are not watching and you're well within your rights not to watch. I haven't really seen any, I haven't, I haven't gone out of my way to watch it, but I haven't, I'm not necessarily protesting it, but it's just, I haven't gone out of my way to watch it. I might catch something if I'm watching clips on ESPN or see something on my phone, but I haven't really sat down and watched games. That's just, you know, that's not the kind of life that I've been leading for the past few years anyway. But what disturbs me more than anything isn't if someone chooses to or not to protest. That 
that's whatever. What what bothers me with us as, as the African American community and black and brown people in general is this need to disparage any other cause as opposed to perhaps pouring into it. What do I mean when I say that? Um, you have people who say, um, well, that cause isn't, isn't changing anything. Okay. Do you feel like it, it has some validity and maybe no direction? If the answer is the yes, then why don't you help provide some direction as opposed to going to social media um, and giving those who don't want to acknowledge the issues uh, the unarmed killing of black and brown people at a disproportionate rate, uh, the criminalization of black and brown people as it relates to uh, drug laws, the uh, the lack of funding in the black community as it relates to literacy schools and things like that. Why not help by pouring into the movement to try to provide direction to directly address the concerns of those things as opposed to going to social media and simply saying the movement doesn't matter or this is stupid or this is pointless, so on and so forth. Why not provide something for the movement as opposed to negating it, further affirming in the minds of those who don't want to address the concerns in the first place that this ain't no shit that they need to concern themselves with. I'm just saying, I I mean, let's really take a step back and let's let's seriously think about all of this. You know what I'm saying, guys, because we are doing ourselves a disservice by not focusing in and providing a unified front. Also, you have the situation that took place yesterday. Now, granted, we have to ask ourselves why we have to ask ourselves why now is it that? The NFL decided the NFL as the owners, uh, the higher executive leadership took it upon themselves to address the concerns of their employee base and, and their right to protest. Now, when many of those same people who locked arms, including Shaq Khan, including, um, you know, Dan Schneider from the Washington Redskins and a variety of other owners are people who funded, knowingly funded and supported Donald Trump to get elected because they were concerned about their own financial agendas. Why now are they concerned about the ills and the issues of their player base? Their concern now, and Shannon Sharp brought, brought this point home, they're concerned now because they're being told Essentially, they felt like they were being told what to do and billionaires do not like to be told what to do. You, you're not going to tell them that they have to fire somebody if somebody chooses to protest. But ideally, much like uh, what I feel like the uh, owner of the Dallas Cowboys is doing, uh, that dude behind the scenes is telling his players, y'all motherfuckers, y'all niggas better not protest. Because it's amazing how that whole team just isn't protesting. The whole team really doesn't have a whole lot to say on the issues. The whole team has never, not one person has protested. Guys, I ain't buying it. There's something going on behind the scenes. Um, What I will say to you is, is that despite the fact that I find the National Football League, um, the commissioner, and uh, and the majority of the ownership base to be cowards 
who aren't concerned with the concerns of their minority based group that represents more than 60% of what is the NFL. I don't think that they concern themselves with us, but I'll take the help when it's given because it provides a platform for us in a way that I don't think was presently there prior to. But I also recognize, you know what? I see you for what you are. I recognize you for what you're doing this for, but you know what? I'm going to do what it takes in order to get where I'm trying to go because that's what Jackie Robinson did when he was getting into major league baseball, he knew the vast majority of the motherfuckers didn't care nothing about him or for him, but he played the game. He made use of the resources that were provided to him in order to create the platform to bring awareness to what it was that he was trying to bring awareness to. Now to address all of our fellow Americans who have made, who have commentary constantly, constantly making commentary as it relates to uh, the protest and whether or not it's disrespectful to the flag or it's disrespectful to police or it's disrespectful to this or it's disrespectful to that. You've been asked the same question over and over again. Is it disrespectful when black and brown people are shot in the back are choked out till death for selling cigarettes are those legitimate reasons for people to lose their lives should someone lose their life for sitting in the passenger seat telling you that they have a gun in the car and you shoot and kill them anyway are those legitimate reasons for people to not be able to go back to their families if the answer is no, then damn it, we have some issues that need to be addressed. Now, a lot of people take issue with uh, the protest taking place in a manner in which it impacts the flag or the anthem. First of all, most intelligent military personnel that I've had the opportunity to engage with have made it very clear. They did not fight for the flag. They fought for the rights that the flag represents. Those rights also being the right to protest. When you feel like this country is not providing the same equal rights and protections for all people at all times. And that, is what is going on as it relates to the kneeling, the sitting, the fist in the air, the locked arm protests that have been taking place in the National Football League that have began with the uh, player when on the Oakland A's in Major League Baseball and have taken place in the National Basketball Association. That is what it's about. I often hear that's not the right time to protest. Or... They need to find a different way to do it. But you never have an answer as to what is a better way to do it. What is a more appropriate way to do it that resonates, that has impact and causes conversation? Because that's what needs to happen with a protest. Otherwise, it's pointless for me to wait until I do an interview at the end of the game is not necessarily going to engage and force people to have the same dialogue that we're having now that creates things like podcasts that have these conversations that creates, uh, you know, 
20 minute segments on uh on sports shows that creates this conversation that f- causes good morning america to have to communicate and discuss this in detail a protest should be uncomfortable so that it forces you to look at things that you don't necessarily feel comfortable with looking at and address things that you aren't necessarily comfortable with addressing that's what a protest should do it should not be comfortable I give everybody this example and I talked about it on my Facebook yesterday. If a lot of people love and respect Muhammad Ali. If Muhammad Ali had simply gone to Vietnam and he wrote letters back saying how much he disagreed with what was going on in Vietnam and that the Viet Cong had never done nothing to him, that they never called him nigga, we would not be holding Muhammad Ali in the same regard that we hold Muhammad Ali in today. We wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same thing. It's because that protest took place and he refused to go. And the vast majority found that to be uh, completely disrespectful to the United States of America. And those who had decided to accept their call to service, they thought that it was completely disrespectful to all of those people and in turn turned against him. He made them uncomfortable, so much so that it forced a conversation. And in forcing that conversation, many, many years after that had taken place, he is regarded by many as one of the greatest and bravest athletes in American history. So if you view that as a tipping point in American society. Wouldn't you say Colin Kaepernick sort of did the same thing? He made you uncomfortable. That's what he was supposed to do. Because if he didn't make you uncomfortable, we wouldn't be having these conversations. And if we weren't having these conversations, our concerns would not be being addressed. And if Colin Kaepernick had not done what he did a year ago, All of the things that have happened since probably wouldn't have happened and we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't be in a place where Rex Ryan gets on NFL Sunday countdown and says that he's ashamed that he, you know, went to a uh, rally for Donald Trump in Buffalo when he was still the coach of the Buffalo Bills and uh, introduced him. He's ashamed that he did that. That means that we're making progress, that people are seeing the overarching themes of how what they decided to do have impact other people. And it's changing some minds. It's changing some ways of thoughts. And that's what this kind of stuff should do. It should move the needle forward. Now, guys. I will also say, too. I do think I I, I don't respect Ray Lewis. I don't respect much of what he said over the last two years, but I also, what we also have to do is if, and when people decide to get with the movement, we have to afford them the opportunity to change. We have to afford them the opportunity to change. If we're dismissive of anybody who had a differing opinion than us, who at some point maybe changes their position or changes their behavior to move in line 
with the appropriate movement, we cannot afford, we can't deny them the right to change their minds, to do the right thing. Otherwise, we're no better than those who like to generalize us. Let Ray prove us prove us right that he's an Uncle Tom. Let Ray prove us right that that's what he is. Let let Ray prove to us that he's a coon. Let let Ray prove that to us with the hope that he doesn't. That maybe he's learned something through all of this. You know, we all have our thoughts and think what we think, but let's afford the opportunity that maybe something changed over the last few days. And remain prayerful and hopeful. Let's let's stop diminishing the movements and let's pour into the movements. If your concerns are, if you feel like the kneeling does not address uh, literacy, you feel like the kneeling does not address um, the socioeconomic disparities of the black community. If you don't feel like the movement has uh, has direction as opposed to denying that it has power, as opposed to negating it publicly, let's bound together and let's try to provide that. Uh, let's try to provide that visibility. Let's try to provide that, that, that fluidness that allows for it to have direction. Let's not shit on the movement. Essentially, Let's not let our business inside our house be told outside the house. You feel me? The best way we can serve ourselves is to take this opportunity where there's so much visibility on the black agenda. That we cannot allow ourselves to have it broken down by you know, having splinter groups that go, oh, this is this is pointless. This group, this doesn't make any sense, so on and so forth. Let's find a place to meet in the middle. Let's find a place to communicate. Let's find a place to where we can bind together and, and focus the agenda to address some legitimate concerns. Those are my thoughts on everything that's taken place over the last few days. Fuck Donald Trump. Um, I don't respect him. He's the president of the United States. He's not my president. But the motherfucker in the office. So it is what it is. Until we can get them out. Stay focused, guys. Y'all know who I am. Y'all know what I do. This is Brandon Kobe Jacobson. You've been listening to the Established 1984 Podcast. Take care.